Hey guys, welcome to my first episode on C's Thoughts. It's nice to have you guys here listening in. Now, on, on this this episode, I'm going to give a little explanation of, on how frequently I'm going to be publishing episodes on my podcasts and how I want to do my thing. So, I'll be talking more about that at the end. But for now, I am going to give my thoughts on the recent movie I watched. It's one of the recent Nigerian movies um, titled Living in Bondage, Breaking Free. And I think it's available on, on Netflix. So if you are curious, it at the end of curious about it at the end of this um, episode, you can go check it out and see what you think about it so um when i first saw the poster for it because i never saw the trailer before i started watching it i i was kind of skeptical about it i thought it was going to be one of those typical nollywood movies that is all style no substance but i was pleasantly surprised and it was okay um it's uh the director debut of um uh, it was Rob Zeno's directorial debut, and for his first time, he did an okay job. Uh, one thing I didn't know going into the movie was it was um, a sequel to a 1992-1993 movie titled Living in Bondage. So, Living in Bondage, Broken Free 2020 is a sequel to that. So, I, I did not watch the first, but... The sequel could be seen as a standalone. It has its own story and its own body. And it's not really solid. It's kind of a rocky movie, but it still holds its own and it's an okay movie. And I have said all that, it's, I still have issues with the movie in general. And I'm going to be breaking that down into points. So uh, let's go. <laughs> Uh, to me, the movie, uh, this is a weird analogy, but to me, the movie is like uh, a freshly baked bread. Everything is all perfect except for this um, little area that is um, still uncooked dough. Um, the rest of the bread, bread is, still, is still okay, it's still soft and chewy and you enjoy it, but there's just that sore part of it that is just not palatable so you while in bread you can cut it out but in this movie you can't cut it out just gonna have to accept it with the movie so one of the problems i have with the movie was the sometimes key acting like the some of the um supporting actors were um their acting were quite questionable as to their style of acting their choice of acting it was weird um for example the um our protagonist is named namdi his cousin his cousin brother his acting sometimes varies from good to what the hell are you thinking by doing this and example number two was um the the reporter the journalist dude that um was investigating this brotherhood 
before I go into this, I'm sorry, I should have given you a rundown of the story. So the story is about this particular brotherhood who worships Lucifer and they make sacrifices to Lucifer in return he gives them riches, female riches. And the story is about Namdi being dragged into this brotherhood because of his ambition and because he's tired of living in uh, as a poor person he wants to make it big and he was kind of dragged into it like not not drag drag but because he went in there willingly let's let's say he was manipulated into it and the entire story is about him not wanting to make sacrifices because it's not it's not that kind of person and him finally breaking free at the end so the journalist I'm complaining about his acting is the one trying to uncover the brotherhood's secrets and make it known to the public so that it can face the can face um, the drums of justice for what they have done in the past the murders and atrocities they have committed and his acting was one of the most questionable of all He's supposed to have a personal stake, a personal stake in um in this. Like it's he has suffered at the end of the brotherhood. Now he wants vengeance, and this passion for vengeance is driving him real mad. It's pushed him to the point of mania, and the way he acted and the way the the choices that everybody makes in regard to his character were questionable and hilariously questionable because. It's supposed to portray a man that is has been driven mad by revenge, is all full of this frantic, um, maniac energies in this frenzied state. It cannot stop doing what doing what it does. It cannot stop trying to expose these people. He has committed his entire life, and the way the man, the actor, chose to, to portray this was by him fidgeting and smoking and having a semi untidy room is um board was just full of some pictures it's it it does it didn't portray uh the sign of a disorganized mind of a man that is driven by revenge it just shows the mind of a normal person that loves to smoke and sometimes fidget when they're restless and it's it kind of it drags me out of the movie because I'm supposed to be invested in the story in his um, past loss and the drive. What is driving him right now for revenge? I'm supposed to sympathize with him when he doesn't even seem as if is he, he has suffered a loss. He just seems as if it's, it's a journalist that wants a, a new hot story, not a man trying to uncover this sinister brotherhood and make them pay for what they've done and that's why all those um stylistic choice choices made on behalf of the character the actor himself was uh his acting was very weird he just grimaces and tilts his head up and tries to look tough and badass and then it shows a too tight vest for him and short sleeves and it just came off looking like a class clown that's 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 how it came off as uh 
the other actors from the supporting characters uh, from the vet- veteran actors they were good they were solid but from the younger actors they were like eh they're just you could forget them because you have these other people to see and another problem I had with it was the dialogue sometimes can be very clunky and downright hilarious uh, at best there was a scene at the very beginning where Namdi a protagonist was going for um, an interview and then it got there it um, got there the people who were supposed to be in a meeting with were in a meeting with rivals of his, I think, because there was no really set up to that. At that point, that we didn't really understand what was going on. We did not know the basis of this rivalry. There was no set up. All we got was the payoff, a payoff, you know, set up. Then this dude walked up to him and delivered a sort of cheesy line. And all I could do while sitting there was like, huh, what is going on? Who is this dude? Why is he all up in his face? There was like too much of it. Of, uh, there was enough set up for these characters for us to already be involved in what's going on. I mean, it was, it was just off. It was off. Another problem I have and one of the biggest issues with with the movie was the pacing the movie is two hours two hours 29 minutes long and it drags longer and it feels as if i was watching a 10 hour movie at times and a lot were going on was going on in this movie we at least, we had to see the boy the uh, namdi from when it was this poor person, then making all the decisions, keep mountain and mountain until the climax and then the denouement and it's it's such a simple such a simple um pattern. But it felt as if I was watching uh, a snail that that had salt sprinkled on it crawling away and it was just so slow and sluggish. It's not a tight and compact movie it's I'm sure if you watch, I got bored at some certain points. I got bored. Uh, all I wanted to do was, I just picked up my phone and started, uh, started reading something, like Googling things, because I just got um, detached from the movie because it was so, it was so long. It was, and it was so long. And I did not feel the two hours, 29 minutes was too long. I mean, I've watched longer movie and I've, actually being entertained but this movie had a lot going on in it and i'm sure if it had been a tight movie and it had been three hours long it was i've still been but it was it was two hours and nine minutes and it felt like eternity uh i think it's again boring where they keep adding these um fillers that weren't supposed to be there like there was a scene where his cousin brother, I forgot his name, bashed his uncle's car, named his uncle's car, and uh, we had that scene, and then in talk that I was fondling his girlfriend in the car, that's how we bashed it. We never got to see the girlfriend, so I did not feel uh, that scene was necessary. I, I did not understand what that scene was trying to portray, because 
in the next scene it took the fall for it took the fall for um his cousin and i still don't understand the ex- essence of that scene it's supposed to portray him as this good person that uh, always look out for his younger cousin I, I think it was a set up for that um climax where he was about to kill his cousin but since he has been a person that's always looking out for his younger cousins from the beginning he couldn't do it because he loves his cousin so i'm sure that's i'm certain that's how what that scene is supposed to portray but it was so clumsy and clunky i feel it could have been better another problem i have was namdi himself the protagonist it was boring it was uninteresting as a character or it got boring and uninteresting at the beginning it was it was um a sympathetic character it's this young man who just finished school he got a job it was yeah it was he struggled to get a job for five years and finally landed the job but he wanted to take bigger risks that would pay off for him then got fired he couldn't start his company because people wouldn't give him a chance he kind of represented the uh entirety of the nigerian youth who are struggling to make their way in life but once he finally got rich he, his character just dulled he just became rich and started partying i guess that's the part where i detached from the movie because you know something was going on they could have shown it, it, it didn't seem well developed well cooked as a character it just didn't have baked because at the beginning when he was so poor we saw his interaction with his family it was kind of a beautiful typical nigerian home and home and then suddenly got rich and then his family weren't in the picture anymore until when it was convenient to set up the climax when uh his cousin came to visit him came to see him when he was in this mental state of deterioration and his cousin came to cheer him up so we only saw the family at the beginning at the end and at the end but not at the middle we didn't even see the entire family we just saw his cousin which is it made it um where they could have shown his family in the middle like shown how they reacted to his wealth to the people he was moving moving with even though they're going to show us their reaction they could have told us in a way that this is what his family his family they could have shown their reaction to his wealth that people was hanging out with but they didn't until us basically namdi became a party boy who um who got boring his story was interesting but then his character development altered because he became a party boy and then we got to where a conflict was introduced into his life Uh, by the fact that the brotherhood who had given him everything he has ever wanted he has the money to buy the cars he he dreamt of they were asking for payment in return of um, a person he loves the most and he couldn't make that payment at that point i was wondering what the hell was wrong with him that what did he what does he expect he was given all this he even asked for more he said he wanted the key to the universe and someone told him that you can get it 
and in the next scene we see this initiation ceremony which he went willingly to nobody forced him maybe he thought it was a symbolic gesture into this uh, fraternity that there's gonna be a, a bunch of men looking after men but I'm sure you should recognize that it got dark fast because somebody died and then he woke up and thought it was a dream but then he saw the tattoo on his back and now he knows it was real and he was getting even more wealthy shouldn't he understand that it's give and take at that point it's give and take it's give and take he asked for wealth it was given wealth in return he pledged the soul to the dark lord so to speak and it was it didn't didn't he know that the doctor was going to come to ask for like proof of devotion after the doctor gave him a proof of devotion proof of his own devotion from the wealth that he asked for yeah yes it so you promised me i've come to take it sacrifice your beloved to me but his reaction to that was off it was like this wasn't what he expected like what did you expect when you did all that and so on and so forth but basically became boring for me i was i just i wasn't rooting for him at all i i was rooting for his father andy now andy was present in the first film the 1992 and 1993 is namdi's father andy was um present in the 1992 to 1993 movies he was the protagonist of um the movie the first movie he was he was also poor like his son namdi and was dragged into this brotherhood where the same brotherhood the son was dragged into where he was offered riches in exchange for his soul and he sacrificed his first wife spoiler alert for the first movie he sacrificed his first wife in order to gain wealth and then marry the second in uh, this common marriage and his second wife is Namdi's mother but before they were fully married he, she ran away when she became suspicious of him she ran away with while well, she was still pregnant and and they had no idea that she was pregnant with his son until the journalist in the second movie revealed to him that his son was alive is you have a son uh your second wife had a son for you and and by then andy had repented for his sins from the first movie and now he was he had become a, a priest at a church where he's constantly asking for remorse and forgiveness and forgiveness now because i i didn't see the first movie i didn't really understand it's remorse and it's um it's remorse uh, and guilt from uh, of how we felt at that point but as the film progresses i understood that even though he didn't know he had a son until like i think 45 minutes mark he now is passionate and 
and not wanting the son to fall into the same trap as he did even though he finally did and it was broken free of it at the end and i think that's when where the title came from living in bondage breaking free the first movie was titled living in bondage while the second is living in bondage breaking free so the movie is supposed to symbolize the final freedom of the father and the freedom of the son from the clutches of the enemy so um andy the priest and the journalist are walking together and they are they are team ship let <laughs> me call it a team ship as the most the worst i've ever seen in my life because it was totally unbelievable i i, I preferred both of them to be acting independently toward the same goal than the both of them acting as a collaboration so when andy found out namdi was his son he went to talk to him but Namdi was not going to listen and another thing why I did not like Namdi because it was warned it was warned and then it decided it wasn't going to listen because it feel like this man abandoned him from birth from from wasn't from birth because Andy had no idea he existed but he felt abandoned he 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 lashed out at him and didn't listen wouldn't listen to his advice and he paid for it he paid dearly so i'm not gonna give the full spoilers the movie so you can go and watch if you wanted to if you want to i'm just going to give like my opinion about it uh the final thing i'm those are the problems i had with living about it broken free i'm sure there are others but I can't really think of them right now but I want to talk about one final thing I told you I said the movie was um the pacing was um lagging so the brightest part for me in the movie was Ramsey Noah as Richard Williams also the antagonist and it was heavily implied that he was the Dark Lord himself so I think it was the bright spot of the movie when he came on screen my attention just riveted on onto him this lantern it was so charming and charismatic and was the perfect description of devilish when you say someone has devilish charm it was it was diabolical and it was suitably creepy but it wasn't sinister enough it was suitably creepy in, in, in some of the things he does and uh, and I liked him as the antagonist and I would love to know more about his backstory because at the end where this journalist has published this expose um, they found out that nobody knows anything about Richard Williams who Richard Williams is it's like a ghost he just came out from nowhere so who is he? If, was, if there's going to be a sequel I want it to focus more on the brotherhood and Richard Williams I feel they are more interesting. Their story is more interesting than Namdi's story. And another thing I loved was the inclusion of magic, even if the magic is in a dark and and antagonistic um aspect aspect. The inclusion of magic was uh was surprising, was was beautifully surprising to me and. I loved it. It was so shocking that there was no magic involved, and I would like to see more of that in the sequels. 
So overall, I think even the Bondi Breaking Free is uh, a beautiful movie. A really beautiful. <laughs> Not <laughs> I'm getting carried away. It's an okay movie. It could be better, but considering the risk they took in the movie, it was it was beautiful to me. But was it a solid movie? No, it wasn't. But I still loved it. Either way, but will I watch it? I I have no idea. I, but I think I should because I'm sure there are some hidden nuances I could pick out from it. Do I recommend it to people? Yeah, sure. Go for it. I'm sure you'll be entertained for a little while. So those are my thoughts about um, even Bondage Broken Free. It's, it's a good movie. It's an okay movie. And I recommend you check it out. So earlier I said I was going to explain how I'm going to um, do <laughs> my podcast. Uh, I was thinking twice a week, but I'm such a lazy person. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do it that. I'm going to be able to um, commit to that. So I have, I guess, once a week. And I think on some... I'm going to, like, switch it up between, like... Um, <laughs> I really don't... Uh, I don't worry, since this is my first time doing podcast I'm still unsure what to do but just gonna focus mainly on giving my thoughts about movies that I've seen and books that I've read and maybe animes along the time, along the line and I'm going to do discussions on um, why some people so about um, movie tropes um, book genres um, why people hate K dramas Nigerian men here keep dramas and all sort of things. So I'm really looking forward to doing more podcasts and I really hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble on about what I think about movies. Thank you and have a nice a pleasant time. Bye.